This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane and you are... I'm Chris Valente. <laughs> I even get that movie reference. Isn't that oh, good? good. That's good. Ah, that's good. Hey. Um, so, whoa, whoa. Before what? we start anywhere. Where, where do you want to go? So, we posted this this week. You, my friend, in about... I, oh, jeez. 20... Alabama. <laughs> I, I don't even know who that was. So, uh, I, I did digging. I did digging. They've listened to the first. So, wait, wait, you did digging? Yes, because I was curious. I was like, all right, is Rob okay or safe right now based on where they might be listening or what episodes they've heard? And they're only so there's there's been four downloads in Alabama and they've listened to the first four episodes. So I was trying to figure out when do you start bashing Alabama? Because by the time that person gets to that, they might be coming for you. So right now okay. you're safe because they haven't heard any of this Alabama stuff because they've only heard the first four episodes. So Alabama is on the board. Alabama is on the board. Small. Smallest state ever. One person. I know it's one person who's listened to... One person listened to four episodes. I don't know. They suck. I don't care. (laughs) That person? No, that That person person might be... No, no, that person sucks too. They live in Alabama. (laughs) Unless they're driving through and it took them four episodes to get either... It's a big state. It may be. ...from south to north or from east to west or wherever that they're going. Uh, Then you don't suck. I just... ah. No. <laughs> You're no. in trouble. Roll tide, baby. On the board. <laughs> and we got uh we got one of the we got one of the Dakotas. They're good. I like the Dakotas. The Dakotas are uh I I I've been to both North and South Dakota. I think we're down to Wyoming, Mississippi, and Mississippi one of the sucks da- too. Uh, yeah. Mrs. Alabama and Mississippi. I have much greater disdain for Alabama uh than I do Mississippi. Uh, but like, if you were to rank states, you know, from one to fifty, fifty's Alabama by a mile. Like Forty nine <laughs> is Mississippi, though I think. So one of the debates my office has regularly, and it's just like an ongoing conversation that somehow just keeps popping up, is is New Jersey a top ten state to live in? And I'm like, it's not even close. It's one hundred percent a top ten state to live in. Like, if you tried to name forty other states ahead of it, you can't do that. You just can't. There's no possible way. You don't have to name. 40 other states that would make it a bottom 10 place to live. No, but I'm uh, saying, no, but is it, it, oh, that's, yeah, correct. But is it, is it top, can you name 10 more states you'd rather live in than New Jersey? Does northern New Jersey count? Because I hate northern New Jersey. So I don't like northern New Jersey either, but where I grew up in such New Jersey on the shore is great. And you're also close to New York. You're close, you know, New Jersey is more populated than Massachusetts. I did not know that. You know, you learn something new each day, but that counts northern Jersey, right? Like, <clears throat> right, that, no, yeah, that. yeah, 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 because that's, that place is packed like a sardine can. But that's a top ten state to live in the country. I don't know enough, but I don't like. All right, 
So what's your number one? Is it New Jersey because you live there? No, no. I, I I'd probably put I'd probably put Massachusetts as the number one state. I would probably I put California. Taxes um, too high, California. You, you've been Massachusetts in, too, yeah, right. <laughs> um, I mean, only certain parts of California I'd want to live in. I wouldn't want to live in like San Francisco. It's just that's it's just absurd. San Diego. Expensive. I would go to San yeah, Diego. Yeah, San Diego tomorrow. Um, I would probably put. Uh, I guess you got to put New York ahead of it because of New York City, but I don't you, know if I'd prefer you, to live going, in New York City. You're going to Connecticut. I am not going to Connecticut. That, <laughs> that, that might be like 50B with Alabama. That might be like 50B with Alabama. Yeah, right. uh, 50B. So like that might be close to the, the, the bottom. I think but you've that, got, at the end of the day, I think you've got an argument. But I think, not, it's, I think you can't name 10 more states you'd rather live in. I'd have to go and start thinking about this. But the one thing that East Coast and West Coast states have going for them is the ocean. Like, I love my yeah. time in uh, Nebraska and Omaha, but, like, the ocean's forever away. Yes, that the is a big problem. The ocean really matters. And then lakes don't but count. But it's, like, way cheaper to live in and everything, though, too. No, it is, but lakes don't count either. Lake's not an ocean. I know lakes, lakes are aren't. beautiful. Lakes, lakes aren't, but when I was living in Battle Creek, Michigan, we went to go to Lake Michigan. I was naive and dumb and stupid, and I was like, like, it felt like you were at the ocean because... It was water as far as you. Oh, it's see. huge, right? Yeah, the whole it's huge. thing, like it didn't feel like you're at a pond or like a lake that you're kind no, of it's, used to. It's, it it's was, called a Great Lake like for a reason. Yeah, it's, it's a Great a, Lake. Yeah, it was, it's a Great Lake. It's a Great Lake. So <laughs> that's how we got to that name. Like these lakes are great. Is, how did we get to this? Besides you getting me mad, Alabama, Alabama. Alabama. <clears throat> so anyway, so anyway. Alabama's on the board. Welcome Alabama. Welcome Alabama. Uh, no. Not welcome. I don't care what you do. Uh, anyway. I My night was ruined, though, too, toward tonight, because I found out someone who is aligned with you, which this this one even might be more egregious. I aligned with me. Michael Scott. Yep. Our okay. friend Michael Scott has never seen an episode of The Office. Wait, what? <laughs> He's never seen The Office. My guy. <laughs> no. My I'm guy. Like, you t- I'm like, and then also he he, which is this is ironic because you just brought up Scott's Tots. He goes, my girlfriend has a Scott's Tots T-shirt that that she tries to like antagonize me with, but that's the only <laughs> thing I know about The Office. I'm like, no, Michael Scott hasn't seen The Office. Yeah, that's it's because <clears throat> yeah, he's got other things to do. <laughs> no, my I was talking to this too, Jack, a uh, guy I work with. He's our VP of corporate partnerships. And he's like, you know what's surprising to me? He goes, you do so much research on all these clients and what we're going to do. He goes, but you have the office rap party. And you weren't like, huh, wonder if I should watch an episode before the entire cast comes to your ballpark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that never really crossed my mind. So now my night's ruined, your night's ruined. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk <laughs> about a very positive thing. You were okay. awesome with uh, with uh, Mark Rest Jr. from Prodigy. I I told you though we go, he made it easy for me, man. He just he, he was great. He was he great. Provided, I was learning. Like I said in the interview, I was learning stuff. He was giving invaluable information. I love to hear like how their process works, how they go about attacking a, a job posting, and wh- how they recruit and what they look for in certain individuals. I mean, if you if you are interested in working in this business. And you are trying to break in, you have to go listen to that podcast. Not because anything that I did special, but because what Mark told you is like how to break into this industry 
by just showing, we talk about this a lot, a little bit of effort early in your school career or sports career that you're doing things to make yourself better. And then he said he would 100% help you find a job. Like It's a, it's unbelievable. He was he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. It's like, yeah, and, that, that's awesome. And he always, all the thing he's asking for you is like, just do some volunteering. Do go work. At he's like, like, go work for the Y. Go do a Y. Go do the marathon for a day and hand out, like, just show some sort of experience. So that's just a word of advice. Like, guys, it doesn't take a lot to get something on your resume that doesn't say, and we, you know, we keep picking on Chili's, but yeah. like, waiter at Chili's isn't what you're going to get your foot in the door for the sports business. So I, I, I was blown away by how much he was willing to share he, he he definitely just opened was an open book clearly like he there was i asked him a simple question and he would just go which was made again you said it made me sound good i didn't do anything i just gave him some great. layups i i <clears throat> thought his he said uh he has one big regret and not working in minor league sports because it's yep. you know minor league sports you see everything right you, from the mascot to you know the upper level management uh, i which, thought that was very interesting is so refreshing to hear from someone at his level who's placing folks at, in at the ma- I mean, highest level. Prodigy, Prodigy places some big jobs. I mean, they just did one with us. Like our head of Liverpool in the United States was done by Prodigy with Kate Pratt coming over to us from MSG. And he clearly values folks who worked in our line of business early in our careers or now still in your career with the minor leagues because he understands how much harder it is to sell at that level and how much you do get exposed to everything where sometimes, and I don't know why this exists and it's just some, I think some snotty nature of some people in our, in our line of work. When I run into folks who kind of look down on the minor leagues and I'm like, you couldn't sell a group ticket if you tried in the minor leagues because you don't have a bone in your body that's creative. So I, I always favor people who at least went and did something that's not easy. And I say easy meaning like, MSG is obviously not easy, but it's obviously a little bit easier than selling Battle Creek, Michigan. Uh, I don't know about that. Battle Creek sold itself, <laughs> man. We had the so, feral cats fighting underneath our double wide trailer. Uh, you know, how could you? How could you sell? <laughs> not sell? Well, there's rats on. There's rats. Experience. There's rats in the garden too, I guess, in Penn Station. So not not too far off. But yeah, right. Yeah, but a guy. But for if you're young and you're listening to that podcast and you're listening to that interview. You should now know, like, ruling out minor leagues shouldn't be even in your vocabulary because it no. still is a great way to get in the door, learn a ton, and still have someone like that level who's a partner at Prodigy look at your resume and be like, I got to place this person because I, I think they know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, and he also was talking about if you can't get into – not can't get in, but uh, don't rule out uh, the the fringes, right? They're not the core for sports, but uh, – Businesses that touch the core four sports and being able to weave your way uh, in that way and still being involved with sports betting, the technology aspects that are coming. Um, the interview that we're going to post on Tuesday uh, is with Rachel Mark, and she's the national campaign director for Versus Cancer, right? It's for pediatric brain cancer, and she works with uh, different sports teams, mainly baseball teams on raising money for pediatric brain cancer. And, uh, you know, it's those Which is amazing. opportunities where she can – it's amazing what she does. Um, it's those makes what we do that look, still keeps her engaged in sports, but just differently. Make, makes us, what we do very, very minuscule, right, in the grand oh scheme of God. things. Yeah. They're, you know, they're, they're, what they're doing, they're, uh, they're really kind of raising money and changing lives. It's, uh, you know uh, – Lucino says this all the time when uh, – 
the guy's been had cancer for three uh, three times and beat it all three times. Um, he goes, we work in the toy department of life, right? Yeah. So sports is uh, completely unnecessary, but so much fun, and it's you know it's a toy department of life. I always thought that that was uh, a good way to put it. You know, we're not solving world issues; we're giving people uh, an escape from world issues, really. No, and I think that's you and I have talked about what a better answer to someone of like why you want to work in our business, right? Of like, I love sports. Is it like elaborate on that where you can have the power for three hours to let people feel like a kid again, come back to their childhood and escape reality because they're engulfed into this experience at the ballpark, the stadium, the arena, whatever. And that's just, that's just something that most people can't provide to others. And we, while we joke around like, yeah, we're not curing cancer. We're, we're also providing a, a huge, opportunity for people to kind of just like let their guard down for a few hours and be be like normal and not worry about everything else that's going around and in the politics and news and war and finances so i mean that i mean if you can not for me if you can take that and spin that into a very articulate way of saying it that like that's why you want to be in this business versus i like sports um that's just a way better way to present yourself in terms of understanding what this business really is all about I felt uh, when I was uh, listening to your interview, I was thinking, I was like, Mark's giving you the answers to the test. And that 100%. was actually the subject of the email that uh, uh, we do a big email blast. And uh, that was the subject of the email because I was like, that's 100%. That's what, what I felt was 100% true. He was like, listen to this and you'll get what you're looking for. No, I, I, I think... That's why I said if anybody who is either in this business or aspiring to move up in this business, you have to listen to that interview because Mark is literally telling you what to do. And he's also telling you what you need to do for him to help you. And if he's willing to help you, take advantage of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Big news from the week was uh, the Daytona 500. (laughs) One of the things that I don't think everyone understands, FSM has this. You know, you're like, uh, FSM's like the, what is it, the hub of the wheel, and there's all kinds of different spokes, right? The Paw Sox being a spoke, the Red Sox being a spoke, Liverpool being a spoke. You also have Roush Fenway Racing, right? And Ryan yep. Newman, awful, awful crash. Thank God that he uh, seems to be okay, uh, as okay as you can be after that crash. Yeah, I he mean. is a <laughs> Roush Fenway guy, right? The Yeah, we he's our driver. He's one of our two drivers. Uh, he was in first place. Turning, making that turn, I think everyone has seen it by now. Um, insane, scary accident based on him flipping oh, through the air. And I think when, when he got hit the second time at 200 miles per hour by Corey LaJoy, like you only could think the worst. And like, he caught on fire, and everybody was just, and like in terms of like our internal purposes, like holding our breath of like, is he okay? Like you just, you fear the worst when something like that happens because it was, it looked absolutely brutal somehow comes out minor scratches and unscathed to the point of where he's now already left the hospital. And I didn't hear that. He's already out of the hospital? He's already out of the hospital. That's unbelievable. It's they had, un- like, the black curtains. They didn't know what they were going to get into like he, when they were going to take him out so no one could see. No, I know, and I think um, he's very, very lucky. And the the there's a couple ways we can – there's a couple of things we can tackle with this um, conversation. So, one – Coke Industries was on his car, right? 
So Coke Industries came on board. They're already an FSG partner. Dipped their toe into the NASCAR world within the Daytona 500. And f- now that he's okay, talk about media value. I mean, their logo is literally everywhere, everywhere on social media, Sports Center, ESPN, flying through the air. Everyone, that's all the people are talking about. So, like... Obviously, now that he's okay, it ends up being like, wow, that was that was an amazing sponsorship because it <laughs> it used to be why people used to sponsor cars, right, for the crashes. And the crashes have been very, very limited based on the safety. And then the other part of this, what people might not know, is Ryan Newman probably saved his own life. So there's this called the Newman Bar, which he fought for NASCAR to make the car safer uh, probably about eight, nine years ago after the Dale Earnhardt stuff and everything like that. Whereas there's this bar that goes over top of the driver to make them more enclosed and safe that they think that bar probably saved his life. No and kidding. it's called the Newman Bar. And he was always been this big proponent of making sure that people are, are safe when an accident like that happens. And, I mean, the guy walked away completely unscathed in terms of, like, nothing major. He's out of the hospital. That's insane. It's craziness. It's craziness. insane. I mean, you the- saw that and you're like, you're like, oh, no, he's he's something's wrong. And thankfully he walked away completely at this point okay can i say one of the weird parts what after right so obviously there was a giant to do on sunday the president was there flyovers it was a spectacle then it rained right 20 laps in yeah um and then the whole newman thing happened right at the end i will say that it felt a little weird when they're like shooting confetti when uh uh, who I, his name escaped me. Whoever. Denny Hamlin. Yeah, Denny, Denny Hamlin. Hamlin. It's like they were shooting confetti. I was like, it just feels a little awkward right now. I think they came back and may have coupled and didn't realize how bad it was. Because, I mean, crashes happen all the time, right? You yeah, just, right, right. Like, you're not – they had no idea the severity of it and because he just looked like – to people's most people's eye, he looked like he hit the wall and, like, spun out. Like, those guys, they're going 200 miles per hour. They're gone. And then um, until you get over to the car and start taking them out, you really don't know what the situation is, to your point, why they put up the black curtain. Because when they got there, they probably were like, oh, no. Yeah, who knows what the hell happened. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think they all – the drivers all came back. And, like, I mean, the amount of support that every other driver was giving him on social media and interviews, like, I mean, that's a very small-knit group of people, right, NASCAR drivers. And, like, I don't think people quite understand how hard it is to drive a car 200 miles per hour for two and a half, three hours. One of the like, great experiences of my life, I was at the Pocono Raceway, and I did a ride-along with a professional driver, and I was sitting shotgun. It's fast, like, right? They are going a buck 80 around uh, Pocono, as they called it, the Tricky Triangle, and it was like, whole, like when they go in that cur- curves, like they suck you up against the wall. Oh, yeah, and, the, uh, the G-Force, it's crazy. And like to was, do that for two and a half, three hours, it takes yeah, a lot was, out. It, it, it took something out of me, and I think I did five <laughs> laps or something like that. So, yeah, no, I mean, NASCAR, obviously, from a our standpoint, and FSG has owned Roush Fenway now, I think, 10 years. Um, it's it's part of that spoke in the wheel that you talk about, which lets us talk to brands who want to be endemic to that world of NASCAR. I mean, NASCAR is definitely a, a space for brands who want to be reaching a very targeted demo and, quite frankly, the most brand-loyal uh, sponsorship people that you can have because they support their driver, which means they'll go out and buy those products. So it still has a world in the world. Like I know there's been a lot of talk about ratings and so forth. And NASCAR isn't what it is. And it, it definitely isn't, but it's still from our, from our standpoint, it's still one of the more powerful 
opportunities for a brand. I mean, especially when something like for Coke Brothers happens, um, Coke Industries, when your logo is everywhere because of a crazy crash. Yeah, it was uh, it was nuts. It was nuts. You know what also happened this weekend too that I thought was spectacular. Mwah! The NBA All Star Game. The the, uh, the new scoring and the way that they had it. They made the fourth quarter of an All Star Game intriguing. Uh, the money that was going to charity after each quarter, the mic'd up uh, people that were um, uh, rece- potentially receiving the dollars from you know Team Giannis or Team LeBron was just ingenious. The NBA, damn it, does it right. They, they do. can innovate. They fe- I feel like they can, if something's not going right, they can switch on, uh, uh, on a dime, right? And they can go and do things differently, take risk. Uh, and I think David Stern, you know, rest in peace, uh, was able to do that. And then I think Adam Silver has really just picked up that torch and has carried it along as well. And they're, they're not afraid to fail, per se. They just want to go out, try new things, and continue uh, to, to, to change and, and, and make their product better. No, I mean, the, the best word to not describe the NBA is complacent, right? They're just right. always... Amen. They're always trying to be ahead of the curve because they know that curve is going to keep moving, and that's where they're trying to entertain folks. And the NBA has done an amazing job making the players like just bigger than the sport, right? So like the the, the they call it like they always say like this league because the, the the trades or the free agency moves or the super teams and LeBron and social media like it's just a different. It feels different than the other sports at this point. Um, it's definitely become an. Ex- extremely global powerhouse uh they, right. they they have a huge following around the world but yeah to your point like from an innovator and from a league that's not just like okay wrestling on its laurels the nba is constantly changing which actually is a good transition into the nfl i don't know if you saw that they're coming out with some new changes too yeah 17 games and three preseason games so they don't think the 17 games is going to get passed oh, really? um they think that's years away but they're probably going to add uh new playoff teams yeah um i was like i was scrolling through twitter last night and duck hodges steelers quarterback yeah uh, fourth string quarterback uh <laughs> was trending on twitter and i was like why is duck hodges trending on twitter and it was just because like the steelers could have made the playoffs and they would have they would have played on. the they would have been i think it would have been steelers chiefs round steelers, one based steelers chiefs i'm not sure how well that uh would yeah. have worked out for the uh for the steelers but uh Nice to win hey, look, a playoff game. You never know. Put another playoff team in. And there will be only Berger's first Super Bowl. He was a six seed. Uh the the Giants, both Super Bowls, they were both they were both nine and seven teams that went to the Super Bowl to win. I mean There you go. So I, I think from and also fans watch the playoffs and the numbers and the ratings are huge, so like why not make more playoff games? Uh, I mean, Aren't they timing this right around when their media deals expire or up for renewal? Yeah, I mean, they'll go back to the well and get even more money because the one yeah. thing that people consistently watch on a weekly basis at massive, Well, you look at the numbers. top 100 um, TV games, and they're all NFL games besides, yeah. like, the Oscars. It was 99 out of 100 they had, top viewed for the last, like, seven years. It's unbelievable. Yeah, no, like, they, they, they have, like, a monopoly on television. So that's why, like, Amazon and all those guys will, like, pay boatloads of money because they know people will watch. Like, that's one thing that's guaranteed. Like, when all that talk a couple of years ago, the NFL ratings were going down, people would give anything for the ratings to go down to what the NFL still had. Like, 
they do in the 20s and the 30s. Like, it's stupid. Like, no one even sniffs that. Nothing. Ten, tens of millions of people, basically, for all, every Sunday from, you know. Sunday, one, Monday, Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> like It's insane. They, uh, they, they, <laughs> they're one league who is almost too big to fail, right? At this point, like they, they've had some PR issues. Yeah, they, but they always get, they always get. Nothing's always really get. knocked them down. Speaking of PR, and we talked about this. Uh, how do we tackle it being in the business without saying too much, right? Uh, so we don't have to go back and re-record this like last week. <laughs> <laughs> we made that mistake. Uh, um, so the 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 Astros the Astros situation. Um, so I I'll just give my take on it from a marketing standpoint so i honestly think from a marketing interest level it's good for baseball that there's now kind of these heels that everybody is up against where everybody is mcmahon yeah right it's almost like a (laughs) wwe thing like we're all out to beat the Astros and like they're the evil and like it used to be it used to be good when the Yankees were the evil empire, right? Like that was great for baseball. Like this evil corporation who just kept signing all these free agents and we want to take them down and now the Astros are labeled as whatever they're labeled as and yada yada yada, everyone knows the story. But like it's 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 created a buzz in the off season for baseball that they never have. Oh like, yeah, this is this has definitely uh been a I mean, LeBron is tweeting about it. LeBron's tweeting about it. Like, you got LeBron James, the biggest athlete in the world, talking about it. Like, weighing in on his opinion. And, I mean, people always want athletes to be authentic when they give an interview. And these baseball players are coming out and speaking their minds like you've never heard before. Yeah, they're not giving you the canned answer. No, they're not like, oh, you know, we're on to the next thing or we're we're focused. Like, they're coming out and be like, nope, they're cheaters. Uh, They didn't deserve to win and uh, we got screwed. Like, all right. Whoa, well, okay. That's what that's what that's what you think. Tell me how you really feel. There's some bad blood. This reminds me of like Yankees Red Sox early 2000s when Don Zimmer's being thrown on the ground and Roger Clemens throwing bats at people and like Manny Ramirez is char- like that stuff was I was great. at that game. Oh, that that was a great game. You know game, the game yeah. uh, where Pedro threw down Don Zimmer. Threw down Don Zimmer. I was at that game. That was uh uh 2003 and uh I was sitting center field bleachers maybe like five rows from the top and it was me and my best friend Burge and his father and we're up there and you can't see anything right we're forever away and uh I get up I stand on the seat and I remember going oh somebody fell down like someone fell over but you couldn't see what happened right and uh some guy had his radio on and he goes he turned around he's like Pedro threw down Don Zimmer? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> that, doesn't that doesn't make any sense. Make sense. Nope, uh, makes no sense. And then you like, you know, kind of scurried into the uh, uh, in the concourse to see if you can find a TV to see a, a replay. And uh, it was crazy. And uh, that was that was it. But I was 22-ish, 21, 22 when that yeah, happened. Because it was, it was probably 03-ish. Yeah. It was 03, yeah. And, so... Uh, they, I was most I was most upset because I was in like I don't know the middle innings, third, fourth, fifth inning, somewhere around there, and uh, they shut off beer sales after that. And oh, I was, I was pissed that I couldn't go buy uh, you know ten dollar beer. Your twenty five dollar beer. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, right. But think about how good that was for baseball that with that rivalry. And now the Red like, Sox, Red Sox Yankees rivalry uh, in those years, you know the two thousand. It was amazing. 2000s, it was unbelievable. 
it was it was peak interest peak baseball and i feel like with the astros situation we might get some of that like hatred between some teams and cities and which is good i saw one of the I, i i agree with you which is good i saw one of the bets you can make is number of Astros players hit by pitch. And it's only at like 84 or something like that. It's like, bet the way over on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, they got to know it's coming, right? Like, it's... Altuve oh, is going to get plunked all the time. It's 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 coming. Um, it's just... it's In my opinion. Uh, so when we also talk about it from here, we'll talk about it from a, a younger standpoint and, a, and an opportunity. So... Obviously, the Astros have <laughs> situations going on internally, externally, or whatever. Um, and I, I, someone asked me this question and posed this question to bring up on the podcast was, do you think it would be in your best interest to go work for the Astros right now? And yes. I wholeheartedly agree with what you just said. Yes, because there's so many different opportunities you get to like either launch a team but to be a part of a rejuvenation or a rebirth or come out of a scandal and be able to tell that story, we talk about this, we say that word a lot, story, that's a huge leg up on the competition being like, a just, oh, yeah, I went to some other team that didn't really need me and I did my job, blah, blah, blah. If you go to the Astros right now and say you're in PR and you can navigate yeah. this and fix that situation, amen to you. Like, you can go do whatever the hell you want to do. You do whatever you want to do. Yeah, like, you're, you're a hero. It's, it's like you always want to be – the uh, you don't want to be like the guy or gal right after like the person who was super successful. Yep. You want to be the person after that person, right? One hundred percent. You don't you don't want to be you know the guy. Uh, you know if you were coming to be the broadcaster and I don't know his name and there's someone doing it right now who is after Vin Scully, right? Do you want to be yeah, the not broadcaster great. after not Vin Scully? No. No matter how talented you are. No. I mean, do you want to be the next co-host? You want to be the guy after the guy after Vince Scully. You don't want to be filling in for Rob Crane or Chris Valente in front of his features. Like, you want to be whoever replaces <laughs> us. Like, it's big shoes to fill. Those big shoes. Big damn sh- And growing shoes. Growing That's true. shoes. Growing shoes. Which is a good point. We're at a good point right now because we're not at the very end. Go like us on Instagram. Follow us on LinkedIn. Sign LinkedIn up for that. Is our most our, uh, is the platform that is growing like wildfire. I think we can thank Sarah Kendall that, for that. That and Twitter, yeah, Sarah Kendall. The uh, <laughs> thank you note that you got, yeah, that that is uh, applause. Well done, well done, great job. Everyone should learn from her. That was awesome. Yeah, no, well it's done, like Sarah. little little effort, little attitude goes a long way. Um, and I love how uh, Mark Gress uh, refer referred to that. He did. Like, what we're yeah. talking is not bullshit. Like it's like legit stuff. It's legit stuff. Stand out from the crowd. How do you stand out from the crowd? And then, uh, so speaking of which, so this is this is another anecdote from inside Fenway. So our internship program and interviews and associate program interviews have kicked off. And uh, one person told one of our interviewees uh, today, interviewers today, that the reason they wanted to work at FSM was because they were always intrigued between the crossover of fashion and sports. Oh, and wait. <laughs> yeah. Interviewer didn't wow. even know what the hell to do. <laughs> what, like, what, what, do you want to work at? Respond to that. Do you want to work at Reebok? Or like, do you want to work at New Balance? Like, what do you mean? Wait, wait, wait. Do you think F for FSM stands for fashion and sports? Like, what are you talking about? So, like, maybe Is do your homework. For merchandise internship. I don't know. We don't have Gee. merchandise at FSM, so I don't know. Um, 
But yeah, he told him that was his reason why he wanted to work at FSM was he was always intrigued between the the crossover of fashion and sports, which if you walk through FSM, don't, I wouldn't say we're going to make any front page of GQ or Vogue magazine anytime soon. I do not think I've been to those offices and the answer is no. We're not unfashionable, but we're also not going to help you cross over between the world of fashion and sports. So one of the great answers of all. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe do some research beforehand. Yeah, no. What? 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 <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He came out telling us that story. He was, and we're like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't even. Can you, how do you even respond to that? And he's like, I couldn't. I didn't know what to say. I I am flabbergasted. So yeah, there's that. There, don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. That's uh, anyway. That's that's. How's Maddie? Crazy. How's the chin? Jen, she's she's doing good. She, every everybody is uh, everybody's great. I'm on dad duty this weekend. Amy is uh, away on girls' weekend. I was on guys' weekend. The, you know, the beginning of guys' weekend happened. You know she gets her chin filleted. So you gotta you gotta stage something so that makes uh, Amy have to come home early. <laughs> <laughs> the goal this week is to not go to the emergency room. Good goals uh, when you have children. I have big 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 goals. So uh, we'll see. By the way, she loves IHOP. And uh, Maddie, Maddie, Maddie does. Maddie loves IHOP. She goes, I want to go to the pancake restaurant. Smart so, girl. There's probably a pancake restaurant stop in our uh, future. By the way, uh, shout out to uh, IHOP. Uh, kids eat free there. So, like, it's super cheap. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, you should take the. I don't uh, know if Valenti there's an IHOP crew. near me. Well, come visit me. That'd be a far drive to IHOP. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually on half. Take an hour and 15 yeah. minutes away. <laughs> Let me drive down to IHOP for some pancakes. Black I'm going to go to Rhode uh, Island for IHOP. I'm on half dad duty on Saturday because um, my wife is taking my son to Disney on Ice. Oh, good. We, uh, we did that. And then uh, I'll have Emma because she's too young and she would probably jump it. on the ice and break the ice and tear down the whole place because she's an absolute terror. But that's a different story. Um, <laughs> she was eating a candle the other day that my wife sent me a picture of, literally oh, biting, biting and eating candles. My terror one-year-old daughter. She will be the bane of my existence when she turns 13. I'm pretty sure I can already tell that's coming. So Yeah, you can, you, you, you can feel it. But um, Countdown is on. Well, uh, I am excited for our uh, next interview uh, E. Uh, with Rachel, National Director of uh, uh, For Versus Cancer. Uh, we used to work together back in uh, in Scranton. So she, um, we talked through, because you know how you and I, we talk all the time about like, hey, make sure you're getting out, uh, you're getting your internships early, you're doing, you're putting all the work in early, yada, yada, yada. Yep. And we talk about that and how important it is. Rachel did the exact opposite. She did yeah. like nothing. She did no internships, no anything. Uh, and she made it through. So we talked kind of through uh, through that. Uh, and did she have any regrets? And um, would she do it differently? Uh, she got her master's um, and did a couple cool internships with the Chiefs. And now she's uh, doing this really neat thing uh, with with Versus Cancer. And uh, uh, we did it in Scranton. I shaved my head. Uh, so I'm going to have to find pictures of that. Yep. Um, uh, I'm going to have to find pictures of that when we did that. But... Uh, yeah, she's uh, it's a it's a good one, right? Because it's not only that, but she's just this. She's a she's a rock star, and there's so many people that are trying to get into community relations, but it's not really baseball or sports community relations with one of the four teams like we were talking about. It's kind of there on the fringes. We got to uh, connect her with Sarah Kendall. Yeah, right. We we should uh, we should connect her with Sarah. So Sarah, 
uh, reach out to Rachel. I promise she'll say uh, she'll uh, she'll reach back out because we talk about that on the podcast too. So that is coming out Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. When I'm done with my crazy career, I 100% want to go do what she's doing and like something fun and, and giving back using sports is that play. like I give all those people just so much credit because it's like it's such an it's that that's the power of sports right like that's, that's how you that's how you make a difference that's how you give back that's how you use like our our industry to make people's lives better i mean it's just uh, kudos kudos to rachel for working in that industry and doing what she's doing i am looking forward to hearing the interview because i have not heard it yet but i i think in terms of we talk about other opportunities and jobs outside of sales because that sometimes is what people always think is the only way in. People should listen to that interview and hear probably how passionate and rewarded she is for what she does. And that's just another way into this business where it's not like, hey, you have to go sell tickets. You can go do you can go do good and feel good about your life and be making a difference in the world and be in an industry you still want to be in. Yeah, Rach was awesome. So um, that one will come out Tuesday. It, it, it'll be good. But, um, you know... Um, We'll go a little shorter tonight. I guess not that much shorter. I mean, we're talking for nearly forty minutes, but uh, well, we started yeah, late. We started else besides late. Besides, I uh, uh, my disdain for Alabama. Do you want to end it on that? No, we can't. We don't have to end it on disdain for Alabama. We should always end it on a positive note, Rob. I watched another documentary. What one? Uh, something on Netflix about the. I find when people dive deep into the brain, I find it incredibly interesting. So there was like this. A documentary on creativity and how your brain is wired to be creative, and they're basically saying not like artists, right? Yeah. Like CFOs are creative in the way that they can be in their job, and just like how creative. programs for each different thing. Yeah, right. How creativity, no matter what you're doing, is one of the most important values uh in life because if you're not creative you just kind of like the brain waves and all this stuff change and i'm like literally sitting in front of my cha- uh chair like oh my god i find <laughs> like soak all this stuff in so um oh i'm watching a i, I don't if know if that you counts as docu- if that counts as a movie uh yeah why not we'll, we'll put it you was on like the board. an hour it was like an hour uh, borderline borderline borderline, borderline chicken. so I'm not watching a. Doc- I don't know if you call it a documentary, but the, have you seen? Have you heard about the series McMillions? No. So do you uh, have you maybe? Does that, does that surprise you? Uh it's not a. It's not a show. It's it's the it's the story about. Do you know Monopoly at McDonald's? Right, like remember Monopoly at McDonald's when you I, used yes, to. Yes, I Mc- used to go to McDonald's to get the little pieces. I love that. Do you know that for ten years it was rigged? What? Oh, this is an amazing. You got to watch this. It's so I read the article, uh, probably about a year ago. It was about- rigged. So, like, yes. You never win. So, here, so here's – it wasn't rigged by McDonald's. This is the whole story. So, Simon Marketing was the marketing firm that McDonald's hired to create the pieces that would go out and be run in like facilitated – Like on the fries th- and on the, uh, on the, the head of The head of security found a way to get all of the winning pieces and then incorporated the mob, the Colombo family, the crime family – and they ran this scheme where they would get people to collect the prizes by giving them the pieces and then have to pay them back a certain amount of money. So for all those years, all the million-dollar winners, the Corvette winners, the $25,000 winners, 
was all fake. And McDonald's the, through the mob ended up being the mob became involved. The FBI got a tip and they started in, in like they're like McDonald's and Monopoly. Like, what are we doing here? And then they, as they dive deeper and deeper and deeper, they run this sting operation, create a fake production company. They're interviewing the winners and they're having the winners tell their story, how they got the piece. And none of it starts to add up. And they have them all on tape, pretty much confessing to like pretty much. Li- it's wild. So Wahlberg's produ- producing this one. Affleck and Damon bought the rights to the, the screenplay because they want to make it a movie. Because, I mean, think about that. that was so big. You were as a kid, went to McDonald's, you got a fry. Oh, I'm so excited when I get like, oh, I got a free fry. Right. And you thought you'd be getting bored. Yep. All of the big and, pieces. And then you always got, was it uh, Park Place and Boardwalk? You'd always get one of them. You needed Boardwalk. So Park Place, everyone would get, right? You, the Boardwalk was the million-dollar piece. And all those pieces were being given to people who didn't really find them. And then they had to give kickbacks to the mob. And then there's just all these crazy stories of spiraling and murder and ba- it's murder. Oh yeah. You got to watch it. It's, it's, yeah, you have me intrigued. This is the kind of stuff I'll watch. I'll see, watch like, this. It's not, it's, 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 it's the FBI, the agents that were investigating in it, the, the people I'll that were, this. the people, the I'm winners watch were the in office, it. but I'll watch this. No, I, I would, I would tell you based on knowing what you like to enjoy to watch it. And anyone who has like, it's on, it's on HBO. It's like, I think it's like a five part series. The first three are out. And then they're doing a podcast, which you should only listen to after you listen to ours to talk to, uh, to, and break down each one of the episodes. It's, it's, it's fascinating because of obviously everyone in the country would knows about that McDonald's thing and the monopoly. And you went to McDonald's was like, Oh my God, I want to peel that off. What did I get? And for 10 years, you had no chance of winning because it was all F McDonald's was pissed, obviously when they found of this course. out and they were terrified because it would just hurt their credibility. They didn't know if someone on the inside of McDonald's was in on it. It's this whole thing. You got it's I highly recommend it. Unbelievable. You just, change you, you just change everything so uh that i believe it i think my core values in life have changed those right those now. uh big macs did not have any winners for you potentially to be going to mcdonald's all first rigged. my first job mcdonald's really i was yep. a grocery store Gro- mine was uh mine was well i guess take my first job was an umpire it's the ump oh there you go um and then uh grocery store yeah mcdonald's in uh loxley alabama Loxley, Alabama. Near Mobile. Is that why you hate Alabama's? Because you're McDonald's? Well, I hate Alabama for a billion reasons. Um, but I remember Mc- one time working at McDonald's in Alabama seems like a, <laughs> probably a reason to hate it even more. It wasn't a great place. <laughs> uh, but I used to work breakfast shift. So here's a here's a hacker's trick that I know still works. Right? Oh, yeah, what did you do at McDonald's? Were you on the fryer? What did you do? Uh, everywhere. I, I liked... Um, I liked uh, the uh, checkout, the either the uh, doing the register because you got to talk to people. Um, but the hack right now that I'm not right now that's been for 20 years is so when you do breakfast. I worked breakfast a lot, right? I would work like Saturday mornings, uh, breakfast to like lunch. And the hack is when you get your McDonald's, you'll see that there's a round egg. Okay, that's like yep. comes on a McMuffin. Yeah. And then there's like a square looking egg that comes on like a biscuit. Right? Yep. Yeah, the biscuit. Yeah, the b- biscuit, egg and cheese or whatever. Whatever, sausage, whatever sausage, it is. Sausage, egg and cheese on a biscuit. Yep. Right. So the round egg is a real egg. They go crack them and cook them on the, uh, on the flat top. 
those little square eggs are like poured out of a milk carton and oh. uh, right. So if you ever want like the biscuit, because the biscuits are good and all that good stuff, always ask for it with round egg. Round egg at McDonald's will change your life. That's a very good life hack. I, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. So round, round egg <clears throat> life hack. One of their best. That still works to this day because I was like, I don't know. I haven't worked there in 25 years. So you, that, when you go there, you ask for it. You got if you want a biscuit, gotta get round egg. One of the best things they ever did was bring bref- breakfast all, all day. day. Yep. Best thing they ever did. That's the best thing at McDonald's is the breakfast. Like I, I don't eat McDonald's. Thoroughly. I very, very, very I love shamrock shakes. I do love shamrock shakes. I, so. I'm with you on that one. I love Sh- shamrock shakes. My mom and I used to go get shamrock shakes. That was my that my mom every time shamrock like shakes come treat. out, she texts me now, shamrock shakes are back. It's like our thing. <laughs> it's funny so funny. Because I I will get a text when she goes to McDonald's and says, <laughs> I got a shamrock shake. Do you want to get one? <laughs> yeah. I literally get the same text. She's like, I got yeah, a shamrock shake thing. thinking of you. I'm like, oh, weird. Yeah, same exact thing. Same, um, same, same. That's life. funny. So well, that's a good note to end on, right? That's way better yeah, note see, than that. That is way better than what we even. We could say hi, mom. Hi, Mrs. Yeah, Crane. Hi, yeah, hi, Mrs. Valente. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I uh, happy Thursday. This is a day later than we usually do it. Um, yeah, my fault because I had to interview Rachel last night. No, it's okay. It's fine. It's Thirsty Thursday. So, thank God right. tomorrow's Friday. All right. Be good. I'll talk to you later. Later. <laughs>